Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize valuation and exit on your own terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsword, your host, and today I'm talking to Mike Finger from Exit Oasis. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Daryl. Pleasure to be here. Good stuff. Now, Mike, you're a, I think, is it fair to say an exit planning uh, advisor based in the Midwest, Wisconsin area, but you're not just a, a theoretical advisor. You've, 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 you've come through, up through the ranks, so to speak. You've, you've sold your own businesses, learned from the experience, and then sharing that knowledge with others. Is, have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I... I label myself a coach and I, and I take that framing um, seriously. Uh, but yeah, my background, I've, I've had occasion to sit on all sides of the table. I've been a seller of businesses. I've been a buyer of businesses. I actually worked as a, as a business broker for a while. So I've had a chance to kind of see transactions from all sides and uh, find myself right now with a, with a, focus on uh, helping small business owners prepare their business for sale. Um, I, again, I'm not a broker, so I ultimately don't care if they sell. Uh, and I say that because so often preparing a business for sale, as you know, uh, can result in a uh, an owner falling back in love with that business. And uh, that's a fabulous outcome from my perspective. So yeah, it's really about uh, helping that owner start to view their business through a different perspective. Yeah, so as you say, you've got nothing riding on it. You're just, your objective is to prepare them and their business so that they're ready for exit. Should that happen, if they want to, they can you know, press play and, and, and put it into action, put that plan into action. That's right. You know, it's funny. I had a, a client years ago give me the perfect answer. Um, we we had we had gotten together, you know, initial meeting. We're talking about her business, and I asked her. I said, "Are are you ready to sell your business?" And she she paused for a second, and she said, "You know what?" She said, "I'm not ready to sell, but I'm ready to be ready to sell." And that that preparation, that that place of of freedom of choice, right? That place to be able to say, "I'm going to sell it tomorrow or keep it forever." That's where we want our business to be, because that's what gives us ultimate uh, freedom to choose the path that we want to go as owners. Mm. And and just thinking about your background, Mike, it, it, it kind of gives you the perfect scenario for for the Exit Insights podcast, because the, the, the whole purpose of this podcast is to share experience and knowledge with business owners who are on that journey as your client there, who are starting to think about it and going, hey, look, I've been running my business for, for 5, 10, 20, 30, even more years sometimes. And I'm starting to think about what's next. And, and a lot of these people, they'll only ever sell one business in their lifetime. You know, it, it represents their life's work. Um, you know, they're selling their product every single day, but now their business is becoming the product and they need to sell it. And they get one shot at this and they've got to get it right. So your background is, that you, you, as you say, you've seen it from all angles. So you've probably seen a number of the mistakes people make. And some of the, the mistakes. <laughs> 
and and some of the I was going to say some of the holes or, or puddles they tread in when doing it. So so that's what we want to dig in today. What are some of the the things that you've seen? Some of the common traps that business owners fall into when they're only doing this once. Some of the beliefs, the myths, if you like, um, that they that they they perceive to be true, and these things could be holding them back or misleading them or or preventing them from from really getting the most from their life's work and and preventing them from creating that exit that that free form exit on their terms because we don't want to see an M&A person come in who's who's doing acquiring businesses every day and basically calling the shots and 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 pushing them around if if a business owner is prepared for exit they they know what's coming they're on the front foot and and not the back foot that's right. That's right. So, um, not only have I seen those mistakes, Daryl, I've made many of those mistakes. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's such a fascinating environment. I, I mean, it's such a huge transaction for most small business owners, as you point out. For most, it is the single largest financial transaction in their life. Yeah. And uh, it is a it is an area. It's a topic area online from my perspective that does a really poor job of helping the average small business owner prepare for this space. Uh, it is a it, it is a it's a topic area defined by complexity. Right. It, it's a topic area defined by technicians, folks that work in this space every day who who. Um, make their money by their mastery of the complexity in this space. And the truth of the matter is that for most small business owners, what's going to keep them from selling successfully is always something simple. It generally is not, you know, checking the wrong box on page 27 of the SBA application. Although that's clearly a very important process, you know, that loan application. Um, but where we fail tends to be in, in, in broad, basic areas of operation. Yeah, we're, we're talking strategic, bigger picture choices and that. So in your experience, and, and you said you've, you've made the mistakes yourself, what are, what's the biggest mistake or the biggest belief should we start with that business owners have when it comes to you know, thinking they're going to sell their business? I believe the biggest mistake we make as small business owners is that we think and say this, I will get my business ready to sell when I am ready to sell it. I will engage this topic when I'm ready to move forward with a sale. Um, to my mind, that's the equivalent of someone saying, I will improve my marriage after I decide to get a divorce. We, we as owners, we look at this topic area as if it's something further down the road, but far too often we engage this topic area like getting hit over the head with a two by four. I woke up with my first business. I've got 50 full-time employees. I woke up one morning and came to the conclusion that they were all time, trying to kill me. So it was time to do something else, right? So so I go from being all in to waking up one morning and going, I got to get out of here. Well, guess what? My business wasn't ready to sell. I was years away from being ready to sell, but I thought I could wait until I reached that point. So many owners I see get to that point of, I guess it's time, failing to realize that it can 
easily be a three to five year journey after that um, to prepare a business to get it sale ready. The biggest problem there is by that time when we get to that point, we're burnt out, we're tired, we, we've gotten there because, oh boy, this is the second year of poor financial results. So I, I guess I better do something about this. Maybe it's time to sell. There, there's all of these causation factors that put us in a mindset of I'm ready to leave only to find out that our business isn't ready to be left. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and you touched on three to five years. I think a lot of business owners, as you say, they're, they're thinking, well, I'm not ready to sell yet, so I don't need to get the business ready for sale. You know, as if it's some sort of flicker switch. I'll um, at one at some point in time, I'm, I'm I want to get ready to sell, so I'll flick a switch, and it's like turning the light on, and now my business is ready to sell. Uh, that's, right. that's not the case. It's you know, you suggested three to five years. What are the sort of things? So let, let's give business owners some sort of. Um, reference of, of the sort of things they need to do in three to five years, because I think you alluded to part of it was, well, I need to get a, a nice financial track record to show a buyer that the that the sales and there's future in this business with revenue growth. What else do you need to work on over the, that, that time period? Yeah. Uh, my, my bias in this, Daryl, is to try to keep this stuff as simple as possible. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a topic area, it's an industry de defined by complexity. So I break it down to three simple questions that an owner needs to be able to answer yes to. Um, and the first of those is, are my results desirable? You know, no, no trick question here. If I look at your results as a prospective buyer, am I gonna say, I gotta get me some of that, right? I, I want what this owner has. It breaks down to two key areas, you know, the basic profitability of your business, your seller's discretionary earnings, and then what your lifestyle looks like. You know, do you have to work 18 hours a day in a miserable environment with people you hate in order to produce those results? Well, guess what? That doesn't create desirability for a buyer. So again, real basic, <clears throat> are your results desirable as an owner? Um, if they're not, right, it, 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 you've got to make changes to make them more desirable. And then you need to be able to create a track record and show a track record of those results. And that's why when we say three to five years, people are like, why in the world would it take that long? Well, if I pull up your tax returns and I see years of break even or slight loss because you've been aggressively tax planning, not only do you have to see a different result, you have to. I have to be able to see a result three years in a row if I'm going to take those financial returns to a bank uh, to finance that loan. So, yeah, it's a really good point, that isn't it? A lot of business owners are running their business using tax-effective strategies so that they can minimize their tax, and and that's totally understandable. But that has the the opposite effect. I think you're suggesting that you know low tax, you know, it makes the business undesirable because it looks like you're not making a profit. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I've asked many small business owners. It's like, okay, you didn't make any money. Well, well, yeah, I did, but I reinvested it all back in the business. Well, let's talk about what the definition of profit is. It has to survive your best intentions as an owner, right? It, it, profit is what hits my bottom line after 
the year is over. It actually survives that that reinvestment that you want to do. So yeah, again, it's again every industry is different, every business is different. Um, as soon as we start to dive into the nuances, we can play the game of yes, but. But the truth of the matter is, is if your results aren't desirable on their surface, then I as a buyer am going to have an incredibly difficult time moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And and that question, that first question has incredible cut through, doesn't it? Like it, it's beautifully simple as 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 I'm sure you, you've put a lot of work into it to arrive at that question over a number of years, no doubt. But are they desirable? So, OK, so. So the owner, let's say the owner's you know, got desirable results there. Let, let's assume that their business already has desirable results. They've got okay. over the last three or four years, their, their revenue has been increasing um, 20% per year. Their profit has been cr- increasing in line with that. Love it. They've been, in, they've been investing in their assets. So their assets aren't in a state of decay. So the new owner isn't going to have to then come and, you know, put a massive amount of reinvestment in the businesses, into the, the assets to keep them going and, and functioning and to maintain that level of um, desirability. What else do you need to work on in the next, in the three to five year period? Yep, there you go. Now we're at question number two. The first question, are my results desirable? Question two. I'm writing that down, by the way. That's a great question. <laughs> Can a buyer duplicate my results? Can a buyer duplicate my results? What we're asking there is, are you replaceable? Or are the results, the attractive results, the desirable results, are is that a function of you sitting in the chair you're sitting in? And as you and I both know, owner dependence is a chronic problem for even larger small businesses. I've seen businesses as large as 30 or $40 million get approached by buyers that then rejected the deal because it was clear that that business was over dependent on that owner being in that business, right? They didn't have the two key components there. And what is that? Build a team and build systems, right? If if the results that the business generates are dependent on me as the owner, um, how can a buyer reasonably expect to be able to duplicate the results? And so I want to know, do you have a management team or, or an employee <laughs> team or a contractor team or a team in place that um, creates the, the outcomes outside of you creating them yourself? And then same thing with the systems that you build, right? Um, does the knowledge, the secret recipes, is all of that stuff just in people's heads? Or is it written down somewhere? Is it in a system that I can walk through the door and and duplicate, even if two key employees walk out the door because if they can't work with you, they don't want to work with anyone, right? It's that, it's that insulation. It's that stability. It's that ongoing ability of the business to create desirable results. Can a buyer duplicate my results? And again... Uh, it, 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 owners have to be honest about answering that question, right? Because what I find, and Daryl, you tell me if you see this, so many owners assume that a buyer is going to fill their shoes, that that's what's happening, that I'm passing the baton to you yeah. as the buyer. And so you should be able to do what I do, but we forget that it took me 15 or 20 years to develop the experience to be able to do what I do. And so 
you're going to walk through the door on day one and need to be able to produce similar results. How do you do that? Do you see that a lot, Daryl? Do you, I mean, do you see that with uh, owners? Absolutely. Like, and uh, yeah, I talk about plug and play. You know, can we can we unplug you and and plug someone else in you know, without that fifteen year time lapse to right. be able to duplicate the results? I love your word there. You know, desirable duplicate. Can we duplicate? Can we replicate the results as soon as you leave? Because if you leave and those results you know can be duplicated. That really adds to the desirability of your business. And the other thing, which I think you're also leading to, Mike, is it's, it, it makes it desirable to more people. It's not right. just desirable to your competitors. It's desirable to people outside of your market as well. So right. it's really desirable, I guess. Absolutely. Okay, and, so and, and owners have to look at that, that comprehensively, right? You see owners who go, well, I'm not providing the service anymore, so it's not dependent on me but that owner is making every single sale that occurs, yeah. right? Or they're the primary contact with customers, or those are the sorts of things that are hard for us to give away as owners, but key if we're going to be able to answer yes to this question. Yeah. And and I guess the, the easy litmus test for this is, uh, when was the last time you took a holiday and how long was it for? That's right. That's right. And, That's and, right. There's nothing proves yeah. the business's ability to operate without you like the business operating without you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know, how many questions, how, how many times were you interrupted on holiday? And as you say, are they at the center of all decision making or do they have some sort of process? And, and one of the things I love about the, the, you know, some of the management system processes is if you've got, you know, we, I see a lot of people focusing on systemizing their business, which, which is you know, an ideal thing to do is to, to get those, you know, replicate the results and, and demonstrate that people are following the system and they're not coming to you and asking for your guidance and help all the time. Yep. But I don't see so many people um, focusing on a management system that says, hey, instead of just, you know, most systems are operating system, you know, our, our technical side of the work, if we produce widgets, we've got a system to, to produce widgets day in, day out, and, and at the right quality and the right quantity and, 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 and the right color and what have you. But we, we don't seem to have as much focus on, on the management team. So how does the management team work together as a leadership team? How do they make decisions on, on what strategic direction to take? Do we introduce a new product? Do we approach a new market? You know, how do we make those decisions? And then, and then once, once we've set our business plan in place, how do we hold ourselves accountable within that team to achieving that business plan? Do we just, is it aspirational or do we have a, an actual system in place that, that means that we are actually, as a leadership team, accountable for delivering those results so that by the end of the year, when we achieve it, it's, it's not a surprise or, or a, hey, that was lucky. Uh, we managed to achieve it just by our regular 10% compound growth um, on revenue. And, and, and hopefully we've, we've maintained our economies of scale and improved our profit at the same time. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, great point. Great point. And it, again, what we as owners don't understand is that sometimes just by being in that room, we keep those things from starting to evolve. We, we, yeah, it's a good point. We, we keep ourselves just by being present. I can still remember when, um, when I realized that the fact that I was in the room, that a certain look was on my face 
was steering the decision making of the team that I had built and wanted to launch independently. I mean, for me, it's embarrassing to say, but I physically had to not be there. I had to stop going to my business. I, I, I actually ended up with an office about 50 miles away where I would go and sit during the day because the team I had hired was doing the job better when I wasn't there than they were when I was there. And, and it's, I don't know, it's a really weird place to be as an owner after you've built this business, um, but coming to realize that its ability to evolve, its ability to put me in a place where I can answer yes to that second question often starts with, with the owner saying, it, well, I'm not the solution. Let's go from there. So, and and how hard is that? So, as a business owner, you 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 physically removed yourself from the business. Now, I see a lot of business owners evolve out of the business and they they jump into that chair chairman role, chairperson role, um, and they yeah they they find it tough. I know all the time to to get out and and uh, you know allow that management team their management team the space because as you say they've they've recruited people better than themselves most of the time but they're f acknowledging recognizing that their physical presence in the room still means that people look to them for approval guidance um what have you whereas if they're just literally physically not there then the team can just get on with it knowing that you're just looking at the reports and, and getting the feedback in the in the board meetings uh, once a month, once a quarter, what have you. So yeah. Yeah, get well, out to, of the room. To your question, really how job. difficult is it? It's incredibly difficult. It's funny. A, a, a little while back, I was helping an owner make this transition with his team. And we had that meeting, right? We had that meeting where it's like, okay, here's the five topic areas. He's not going to be this. He's not going to do this anymore. Who's going to take these things on? And we distributed most of the owner's responsibilities. And I kid you not, Daryl, the meeting ends, the team gets up, they leave the room, they're excited about what's coming next. The owner pauses, turns and looks at me, and with sad puppy dog look on his face, he says, well, what am I going to do now? Exactly. And, and, what am and, I and my answer was whatever you want to do you know you, you want to grow the business let's put you there if you want to but this is the stuff that's keeping this business from expanding right now because you're holding on so tight but to, again to answer your question letting that stuff go can be incredibly difficult it's similar to being a parent isn't it when your kids start growing up at that age and they start making their own choices and doing things themselves and you got to get out of the way and let them make some of their own mistakes. And uh, and if you put all that groundwork ask me, ask in, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. put all that groundwork in, you know they're going to make good choices. So we're yep. in the early years. Yep. And yep. okay, so we've got two questions. We've got: uh, Are my results desirable? Tough question number one. Tough question number two is: Can my results be duplicated? What's the third question, Mike? Last question is, can I document my results? Um, this is the, uh, it, 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 if I can't prove it, it didn't happen. Um, yeah. And we, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, fun stories to tell in the space about, you know, owners who take money under the table or do that kind of stuff. But the truth is, is for every one of those, there's nine owners that are simply not keeping clean rec records. They're just not prioritizing this part of it. 
And and truthfully, Daryl, for me, those are some of the saddest sale failures that I see it is where an owner has built a business that's producing results. They might even have produced, made it in a way where the systems and team means that a new owner can do it. But because of sloppiness, because their record keeping isn't documented, it, 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 or maybe because they're doing some things in ways they shouldn't, that deal falls through and they don't have a sale ability. Can I document my results. It's it's one of those deals that for many owners, that's just a non-question, right? They do their stuff, they've got their, re, their but there are there's an uh, an unfortunately high number of owners that struggle with this question. Well, yeah, and entrepreneurs, you know, they're they're forward thinking, they're they're innovative, they're creative. They don't want to get bogged down in documenting. Right. Documenting, you know, stifles creativity, right? That's the that's yep. the mindset and the belief. Um, what's your experience around that? I, I, you know, it's interesting. I think it, it's it's one of the cruelties, uh, to my mind, of being an owner. And here's what I mean by that: when I start a business, when I when I'm going through the early stages, the truth of the matter is, is it's almost certain that I'm going to have to cut some corners, that I'm going to have to do some things on a handshake instead of you know, spending three weeks on a formal agreement. I'm going to have to do some of these things in a way that prioritize speed and outcome instead of this documentation we're talking about. So I'm incredibly sympathetic to that reality. But the problem is, is that we continue to grow our business and they continue to mature. But we as owners don't always mature our approach to that stuff. Because when we're talking about documentation, I'm not just talking about financial receipts, right? Um, it, I'm also talking about, do you have a contract with your vendor? Will that contract transfer to me as the buyer? Your employees, is that a, is that a, a, a properly structured arrangement or am I going to inherit all sorts of chaos because there's a bunch of unwritten rules and expectations that those employees have that hasn't been captured anywhere? It, it, it's all of that stuff of maturing the this the the documentations and the systems that make this business operate uh that you need to be able to transfer to me as the new owner um yeah. so that that documentation piece it, it expands beyond just the financials but to your point and i think to the reality of growing a business it's an evolving process for us as owners but it's a process that absolutely has to evolve if we ever want to sell it yeah, we need to get the, the, the right level of documentation for the maturity of the business is, is what I think you're saying, isn't it? Absolutely. And that, that's everything from, as you say, the, the, the legal contracts, the financial record keeping, through to minutes of the, the strategic decisions made at the board, through to the, the, the processes and the workflow processes of saying, of documenting, here's how things are done around here. Here's our sales process. Here's our manufacturing, our delivery process, our design process. And what I've found is, is documenting the process creates clarity for everyone. And once we've identified the, 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 the process and we agree a standard way of doing things, there's always exceptions to the rule. But once we understand that it doesn't lock us in and it stifles our creativity, there's, you know, it's, it's going to capture 90% of the occasions. 
which means right. for 90% of the time we're free flying. We don't even have to think about it. We just follow the process, which means we can actually be more creative on those 10% of the times when we've got something a little bit outside the box and, and we still need that creative solution. So right. the systems capture 80% and we need that right level of documentation. And I think we even need to extend it to going, you know, expected behaviors and culture because, um, you know, we, we, I see a lot of business owners go, hey, look, I want to leave a legacy. What's important is the way we do things around here. And I go, great, what is that? Yep. Well, it's just a really special place to be. And I go, well, what's special about it? Well, the culture. What about the culture is special? <laughs> and if they can't describe it, they can't document it. They just go, look, it's a really great team-based culture. And I go, well, what does that mean? Right. And then you really dig down and we go, okay, well, here's how we work as a team. And here's what we do as a team that's special. And we go, okay, great. So that's a way of doing things. That's more than just a collection of really good quality people that you just happen to land on. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. It, 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 it's, um, it's hard. It, it, this is, this is real work, especially for the business owner that's been doing things more fluidly, right? But again, going back to where we started with this, how can this process possibly take three to five years? Here's some of the reasons why, right? Because these things that we're talking about are not overnight things. That, but there's the dirty little secret of this, and that is that as you do these things to be ready for sale, you're creating a business that is easier to own. You are creating a yep. business that is likely more profitable. You are creating a business that, I mean, again, buyers like happy sellers. They like happy owners. Why? Because they want to own a business that makes them happy. And that, that process of, of recognizing this stuff through the eyes of a buyer is really what this journey is all about for owners. Yeah. So just recapping a piece, it's kind of going, it's it's not a get my business ready for sale. So what does that mean? Well, put a uh, quick and dirty documentation together, documenting what I think happens. It's right. actually having that documentation and having some way to demonstrate that the documentation actually represents what does actually happen. So therefore the results can be duplicated. Um, it's showing desirable results. And here's the documentation to prove it. It's not the other way around. Here's the documentation right. of what we think happens because I need to quickly provide you with an owner's new owner's manual. Absolutely. And and, and again, I, I mentioned it earlier. I didn't go into detail, but I learned this the hard way with my first business. Ten years in, I'm burnt out. I want to sell. Every broker I talk to says, can't sell it. Too owner dependent, not enough cash flow, all of these things. Um Daryl, it took me five years to change that business and be able to sell it. But here's the deal. I, I learned that lesson. And in the, my subsequent businesses, I ran them that way to the degree where the last business I owned, I was running it that way. I was planning to sell it two years. And I had a buyer come to me and say, hey, I'm interested. And I said, Here's my desirable results. Here's proof that you can run them that's run it the same way. Here's my documentation. And we did a, we did a sale in 30 days. I went from owner yeah. to out the door because this stuff was lined up. Now, again, keep in mind, I wasn't prepping for sale. I was just running the business in a way that made it easy and good for me to own. And that, that, that's really the messaging that I think um, we struggle with sometimes because 
as you know, in this space, a lot of the messaging is defined by the broker. It's defined by that very end transaction. How do you sell a business? What is that process, right? But the business gets sold in the years leading up to that prep for transaction. The business gets sold in getting the business ready uh, to be able to be ready to be sold. Yeah. So what I think I'm hearing is, and it could be just, yeah, I'm just gonna rephrase what you just said as a check-in, if you like, it's kind of, it's, it's going to take you three, three ish years to prepare your business. So it's exit ready. You can do that three years before the deal is done. Right. And if you don't, the consequences are, it's going to take you three years to do that deal, to get the business exit ready after the deal is done. That's in the, in form of an earnout in, and I guess manually handing over all of your structure, all of your process to the new owners manually and you're not going to get anywhere near as much valuation for your business if you do it after the event. You do all the preparation before the event, you get your business exit ready. You, I think you're saying you'll get a much higher price. And the bonus is that your your transaction, your deal will be, well, you, you'll get a deal a whole lot quicker. And it'll be a whole lot, you know, there'll be a whole lot of, a whole lot less rather work or involvement or commitment or warranty uh, on your behalf after the deal is complete. So you leave with a lot less stress, a lot less risk, because you've been taking the risk the whole damn career of building this business. It's about time you should uh, be a bit risk-free after you've sold the business. You don't want any risk or minimize your risk after you've exited. Well said, Daryl. And I'm gonna juice it even a little bit more than that. Go Most small businesses will not sell, period. Bad fact. And the truth is, is that the, when we talk about getting a better value, we're already talking about a very narrow slice of businesses. Most business owners have to do this stuff just to get a sale, not even to maximize for price, not even to. And so for me, I've seen, I've sat with too many owners who are in that place of what do you mean I can't sell? What do you mean? This is my retirement plan. I have to sell yeah. this business. The stuff we're talking about is not maybe stuff. This is not, um, it might be important stuff. For most owners, the sale of their business is a critical component of their retirement and future strategy, and we ignore it. And if we're gonna, if we want to change it, if we want to change the outcomes, if we want to change the numbers, if you want to be in that twenty percent that do sell, these are the kind of things that have to be core to how you look at your business. That that's where the rubber hits the road, Mike. They're, I think you've really hit the nail on the head there. For so many business owners, their their exit, what they get on their exit is their funding for life after work. I, I personally avoid the retirement because a lot of people go on and they do other stuff and yeah. they want to avoid the R word, which is fair enough. Um, but sure. it is definitely funding for life after work or, or life after this business. And if they're not thinking about it, you know, they've got a hope strategy. And you know, your, your, your information about most businesses don't sell. The latest statistic I saw is that only one in five actually sell. And, right. and I think that's tragic. And, and the, the, the thing that's most upsetting to me about that is that it's avoidable. You know, most of these businesses, if they'd put the work in over the years and not just, you know, and they, they realized it wasn't just flicking of a switch of getting a business ready and they, they prepared it in advance 
they would become one of those 20%. And then, and yeah, the chances are if they've done that work, not only will they be one of the 20%, they'll actually get a, a smoother, cleaner exit, like you suggest, you know, and minimize the risk of and earnout type requirements of, of, you know, because any earnouts, you know, entrepreneurs and, and earnouts are like oil and water. They just don't mix. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well said, Daryl. Let's say um, I lived this. I watch it every single day, and uh, I'm just I'm really passionate about helping owners see how critical this is to their future. And I mean that specifically, yeah. their future. Nobody advocates for an owner's exit. I mean, if the copier breaks down, if the printer's not working, if there's mud on the entry floor, there's an advocate in your business for that. Somebody's gonna come into your office and say, hey, we gotta get rid of that thing in the parking lot. But this issue, this biggest transaction in your life as an owner, nobody advocates for it except you. Yep. So Mike, look, I, lo I love your three questions. Um, yeah. Have we got good results? Are they, can we duplicate them? Can we doc document them? It's really simple. It's really easy to remember. So is there something else on top of that that you really want owners to take away or business owners starting to think about what's next for them? What, what's the key, you know, the additional key message or the key theme that you really want them to take from our conversation, which to me has been, been critically important. Daryl, for me, the, the, the one question that captures it, the key that I've found is intention. Our, and it's not about intention around selling your business. It's intention around preparing a business you can sell. And, and, and again, for me, let's keep it very simple. It, it, for owners who are listening that are like, I'm five years out, I'm 10 years out, here, here's my simple piece of advice. Take one lunch period a month and in your calendar, carve it out. And over that 30 minutes, read an article, watch a podcast, uh, you know, listen to, uh, listen to another episode of, of this podcast. Um, do something to learn more about exiting your business. One lunch period a month and over time, the knowledge you will build the myths you will destroy, the, uh, the opportunity and the engagement you will have, the intention that you will build will accumulate and you will find a fundamentally different approach to this subject over time. Stop waiting. Most owners deal with this topic by waiting and failing. Stop waiting, engage the topic now, even if it's in just a small way and fundamentally change your future. That is fantastic advice and absolutely on brand, Mike. You've kept it simple. One lunchtime a month as an investment in your future, which will be a massive you know, security or de-risking factor towards your financial security after work, after owning your business. Mike Finger, Exit Oasis, thanks so much for your time and sharing your exit insights with us today. My genuine pleasure, Daryl. Take care. 